Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in living the status quo life, who wants to hear from other ladies that are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayuga. Join me as I follow my curiosity around what living a successful life really means. Let's dive in. Okay, so today we have Sarah Beck on the show. Sarah's goal is to empower hairstylists to have a balanced relationship with their career and to elevate from within, all while cultivating a like-minded community of support. After years of feeling overwhelmed in the industry and deep conversations with colleagues and hair friends, Sarah understood that she was not alone in feeling emotionally drained at the end of the day. She realized that hairstylists are therapists with no therapy training, and that's how the Balanced Hairstylist was born. Sarah, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Lindsay. I appreciate this so much. Yeah, so I've had fun following along on your Instagram and seeing all the practices and the like mindfulness and the work that you're doing, but I'd love to kind of go back to what brought you to today, because I feel like that's powerful and understanding your passion behind everything you're doing now. Yeah. Um, so I've been a hairstylist for 22 years and I have had different sort of phases of burnout, if that makes sense, where it's like, I can, you know, keep going, but also like I was reaching a certain stage of burnout and about probably about seven years ago, I maybe eight, I reached like a total burnout where I was just completely drained. There was like one client that kind of pushed me over the edge. I was having shoulder pain and I just was like, I have to leave the industry, which was really super sad for me because I love doing hair. It's my passion. And so I just sort of figured out that I had to do something differently. And so there was a couple of other things going on in my personal life, but I ended up in um, a therapist's office and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And so um, I think this could probably resonate with you and a lot of other hairstylists that I was just I was overextending myself. I was giving all the time. I was in the hustle culture. I was constantly going all the time. I had no real boundaries. Um, Clients were like texting me and calling me all the time. And I just um, didn't have anything set up in my life where I was giving back to myself or where there was like an appreciation for what I was doing in my job. And so it just, I like totally burn out. And so I've been on a journey, a healing journey, I would say, for the last like eight years. And um, it's just been really amazing to be able to have, to gain self-awareness, to um, set some boundaries in place that help me have more balance in my work and life. And um, it was something that I really was passionate about and that I realized that I wanted to share this with my hair friends. It actually um, started because I have several friends that are therapists, but one of my friends that's a therapist, we were actually sitting at my, our kids' soccer game. And this was probably um, six, five or six years ago. And I was like, now I know all these tools and techniques and I, I have all this really great stuff in my back pocket now and I can 
work a lot better. I want to share this with my hair friends and my friends who's a therapist was like, well, let's, let's just have a class. And I said, really? <laughs> okay. And so we hosted this tiny little, it was 10 people and it was at a yoga studio and we, she was the therapist and I was there to help facilitate. And it was like so magical and I walked away with like tingles all over my body. And I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so that's, and everyone that was there was like, it was so needed. It was so amazing for them. It was, everyone responded in such a beautiful way to it that I was like, okay, I think this is like where I'm supposed to be headed. So that's kind of how it all started. Yeah, no, I love that. And when you, right when you started and said the part about like getting to a point where like someone pushed you over the edge and you were like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this anymore. I relate to that. And I would love to learn more about what you think the thought process is of a hairstylist who goes from like working, 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 working to then one day having a client be just rude enough that the next natural step that that person who's like in their career that they, you know, was their passion in their heart, that the first thing one thinks of is what am I going to do? I can't do this job anymore. I literally had that moment when I was like, I could be a barista. People say the benefits are amazing at Starbucks. (laughs) And I just, I feel like it speaks to how the inner world of a hairstyle. It's like, give, 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 give. And then it's like, and then it's like, when it starts to crumble, the first thought is like, I gotta, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it, it, it does feel like that. It feels like I cannot do this another day. Like I felt like I cannot go to the salon tomorrow. I cannot contact another client. Like, I don't even want to tell people that I'm going to be leaving because you're just you, you reach that point where it's just like too, way too much. And you just, you think you have to leave. Um, I, you know, I think it ties to, I'm very much into the world of psychology. So, so bear with me, but I think it's, it's tied to that. Um, you know, we have this like capacity to hold so much and we have these levels of stress. And when we're not doing things to take care of ourselves, it's just going to build and build and build in us. So it's like, we're reaching this max level of, you know, let's say one to 10 and you're, you're living at a nine all the time. Something is going to happen. That client is going to tell you something rude, or you're going to feel unappreciated or someone's going to crush your boundary. And when you're living at that, like nine, nine and a half and something happens, it just snaps in you. And you're like, I'm done. I can't do it. So you've like gone over your, your cup has been like depleted so much that you are like, you have nothing left to give and you are completely on the other side of it. And I think that, you know, it definitely um, is tied to hairstylists because what we do is so, it's so much. And I, I, my friend who's a therapist, another friend who's a therapist was like, I can't imagine I sit here and listen to people's things and traumas and stories while I'm sitting here. She's like, I can't imagine doing what you do as a hairstylist while still 
we're doing so much multitasking, right? And we know this as hairstylists, we're like, not just listening to them, we're thinking about what coils we're using, what formula we're going to use to do a weave or a slice. Are we, are we going to cut our hair with a razor? Like all of these things are going on in our mind while we're still listening to these stories and we're physically standing on our feet and moving our bodies the entire time. So it's, there's so much going on where we are emotionally, mentally, and physically, um, you know, giving and using and depleting ourselves in that way with a client. So if we're not taking care of ourselves, if we're giving, 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 like there's no way that we're not going to burn out because of just the, the nature of our jobs. Yeah. I love how you said a nine or a 10. Cause it's like that. I, cause I, I felt like that gives me like a gauge of like, yeah, yeah. That's what it felt, feel, felt like. And kind of like snapping one day, but being like, where'd that come from? But it's just been building and building and building. And I feel like for me, like looking back, I think about how it it was obviously meeting some sort of need in me to like be operating like that. When you look back now with all the skills and the stuff you have like cultivated in your world, do you look back and have that kind of, can you kind of see what it was a need it was meeting in you? Um, yeah, I just don't think that I had any awareness that like I had needs. Well, that was kind of the first thing that that therapist said to me, who's still my therapist eight years later is she's Mm -hmm. like, are you, what, what needs do you have that are not being met? And I was like, I, I mean, I literally was shocked and was like, I have needs, you know? So I think it was so much of just like not even having awareness that, I was giving so much of myself and that I had needs of my own. Yeah. I relate to that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's funny. I pulled a card for our episode and I feel like it, it relates. It says until we can sit in the present moment, we are putting on a show. My ability to sit with what is, is directly connected to my ability to be myself. The less I know myself, the less I'll be able to sit in this moment and let whatever comes up, come up. And that just, puts a bow on top. Oh, that's beautifully said. That's beautifully said. And it is so much about the present moment. And when you're going from one thing to the next, and you're always like in the past or the future, or you're, you you know, please people pleasing, you're not in the present moment. Right. And I think so much of our industry is we, a lot of us are women and a lot of women tend to be people pleasers that you know, when you're doing that behind the chair, all the self behind the chair all day long, client after client after client, not only are you depleting yourself and then you're people pleasing on top of it, that you're not only not in the present moment, but you lose yourself in it. And like, you know, to that point, like you'll, you'll be in that present moment and be who you are, then it just, it's a lot more authentic in that way, you know, and you don't lose yourself. Like when I had to hit my burnout stage, I couldn't even tell you what I wanted for dinner because I had lost myself so much, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. You're, you're telling my story. I was like trying to set up my Comcast in my new salon when my business partnership was ending. And the guy's like, listen, ma'am, what's your favorite food? And I was like, you know, I honestly don't know. And he was like, all right, well, like your favorite color then I'm just trying to set this thing up for you. And I was like, I don't know what my favorite color is either. And he was like, ma'am, you're going to need to call back 
and like set this up at a later date. And I was like, this is so funny. Cause I was literally like, it was the first time I thought about like, I have like, I, and it became clear to me, like, I don't know what I like. Yeah. Yeah. But I could, but I could tell you what kind of tea my client liked. I could tell you the trip they were going on. Right. And that's when I made me realize, like, I don't know if it like, you know, like if how much of what you work on is like self-worth because I didn't, I kind of always saw myself as like, I picked this career path where I was going to help everyone else get ready to live their lives. And I don't think I ever consciously knew it at the, when I was doing it, but like, I think I thought that I had signed up that like, I was going to always be a supporting role. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, I, I just had a client this morning that it's like, that's how I was, Lindsay. I feel like I was completely like that all the time that like, I was just sort of like, this like kind of shadow background where like the client was the full, like I was doing whatever it took to give that client an amazing experience, make them look and feel good to the detriment of myself that, you know, like I was lifting up other people the whole time. But like this morning, I just had a client and I was just giving her this, I had, she was a new client and I give a service where it's a little more like on the emotional side. And we talk about like intentions and things like that. And she was like, you are the best human. We need more people like you in this world. And it just, it felt so good to me that, you know, I'm here, I am like giving this to her, but then she's giving to me in return as well, you know, and it, it can feel mutually beneficial in that way. And it just takes a lot of, I think it takes a lot of, for me, it took a lot of unlearning and work to get there, right? Like I, I was thinking about this the other day, like I think people see, you know, I put these things on Instagram and maybe people see me as this, like I am balanced all the time and I have it all together. And it's like, well, I certainly don't, but I, I do strive for balance in my life, but it, there was this point of burnout to where I am now but there was a lot of stuff in between that was like hard and shadow work and not pretty. And like, no, I don't have it all figured out yet still. Like, I think that's kind of the fun part of the journey is that there's no end to it, but there was all this stuff in between. And so there is this hope that you can have this like great experience where you're not constantly giving to the clients and you can have this mutually exclusive or not mutually, mutually beneficial sort of relationship. If that makes sense. Yeah. And do you feel like, because you're offering like something to people that feels very in alignment with you, that it has that feeling where it's like, you could have been making someone else feel like that before, but you had forgotten or never realized that it got to feel good for you too. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Absolutely. Yeah, I relate to that. So as far as like in your work, like I know there's people that are probably listening to this going, yeah, I relate to that. Yeah, I relate to that. What are some of the things you did? You said you started to go to therapy, which I have had the same therapist for at least 12 years. I don't know. It's hard to remember how long we've been together, but I asked her to officiate my wedding and she said no. And that was actually ideal because that she has a boundary. She's like, I'm a therapist, Lindsay. I'm like, no, I, and I understand Beth, but I think of you as more of a life coach. Um, <laughs> but she, she did decline. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so what else have you done? Because I feel like the journey you've been on is one that people are in the middle of or needing to start. 
Yeah. Um, which is like so prevalent. I was just got a message from a younger hairstylist, like younger as in like new to the business. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, I just feel like I'm burning out. And so it's, that's exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing is because I, I really feel that. And so, you know, like I said, there was like a lot of steps, a lot of hard work. I had to face a lot of, I had to start doing my own work, you know, which is something that is, I think, really important for us as hairstylists, because I think just as equally as important as it is for our clients to not emotionally dump on us, I think it's just as important for us to not dump on them. So a lot of it is like doing my own work. And then when I'm like a little more grounded and stable in myself, I can set a boundary as in like, you know, I, I, I don't allow the conversations to be like really traumatic and behind the chair anymore. Like if something heavy comes up, I'll, I'll say like, I, you know, this sounds like something really heavy for you. I'm sorry you're going through this. Have you thought about talking to a mental health professional or are you talking to anyone else about it? And then kind of afterwards, letting them just like have space and not feel like I need to continue the conversation and generally then like I can either shift the conversation or just let it be quiet because you know that's something that has helped me a lot behind the chair yeah Um, to not like take on other people's stuff you know to to be able to like witness it and not absorb it um and a lot of that just like takes the work within yourself too is, is that witnessing and not absorbing is just to like separate yourself a little bit from it. Cause I'm definitely an empath. And I think a lot of us are that it, we can get sort of wrapped up into all of that where we're like sort of just enmeshed with them and their stories. And then it's like, we don't know where we stop and they start and we have those emotions on us and in us that we're carrying unless we're like consciously releasing that and then also just not absorbing it in the first place. Um, yeah, I know when you were just saying that, I was thinking, I wonder if I was distracting myself from my own work by being so, My uh, in therapy, we've talked a lot about being enmeshed. Like, I wonder if subconsciously I was kind of like, let me swim in your stuff, like, <laughs> and help you figure it out. Let me help you when really yeah. it's like, okay, like you have, you could take care of yourself. And the other thing you said that I, I really resonated with was, just like witnessing. Like, I think I used to think, and I don't know if it was arrogance or just my inability to know myself. So I couldn't be in the present moment. So your stuff was scary to me. I felt like I had to figure it out for people. Like I jokingly say, like, I was like, oh, let's call your strange stepson. Like I, and I I didn't really do that, but you know, it's, it was close. And it's like, wait, like there's something so powerful and just like, you know, when you've told someone something and they don't freak out, that's one of the gifts that hairstyles can give someone like literally just like being like, yeah, that's hard. Cause we've heard everything. Yeah. It's like, we don't have to do more than that. Yep. Just, just letting them have space and really, truly like clients don't really want advice from us anyway. Humans generally in general yes. don't want advice. And so I generally don't do that anymore because not only do they not want to hear it, but then you're like, extending yourself by doing that by giving advice and so sometimes if I've had a client for a while and I know them well enough then I if there is something that I feel like I want to add I will ask for permission for consent to say 
that sounds like something really hard that you're going through. Would you like my opinion on that? Or would you like to hear, I have a thought and I don't know if this would be helpful for you, but would you like to hear it? Um, just to, just to have that door open. But otherwise, like I generally try not to, because like you said, you're like, yeah, let's call your cousin Billy and tell him, you know, and you're like, so it, it becomes enmeshed when you're in that. And so a lot of that, Lindsay, like you said, is doing your own work so that you can be grounded and still in yourself in those and present in those moments. So you can take a breath and, and your, our gut reaction, right. Is to like help and fix people. But to take a breath and just be like, yeah, that sounds really hard. And then that's it. That's all you have to do. Yeah. And where do you think, where do you think that comes from? Like, do you think it's like our inability to sit in the present moment that we go into fixer mode? Or what do you think that is? Because I, it was like an insatiable thing for me. And I now realize like, and I saw something Gary Vaynerchuk said, where he said, like, the more I learn about life, the less I want to tell other people how to live it. Mm hmm. I think just, yeah, I think it's um, the things you mentioned. I think it's also just like feeling comfortable with a little discomfort as in like, oh, I really want to say this or like, oh, that person's really hurting. It's hard to sit and be with someone that's hurting without trying to want to make them feel better too, you know? So I think just allowing things to be as they are is hard for us as humans. And so I think just like getting, like just knowing that like, I've really been in all a lot of aspects of my life, like with my family, my, my personal life and my clients and everything. I've just kind of really been allowing things to just be like, I just go, mm, okay. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I'm going like, oh, I really wish I could say this or I really wish I could fix this. But then in my own mind and in my own heart too, I'm going, why do I want to do that? What makes, what makes me want to do that? So just to be able to like sit back and be and, and just take some breaths, you know, just to allow things to be as they are. Yeah. My friend Jenny and I talk a lot about that. Like we would jump in and fix things. And the more that we've like learned about ourselves the more we realized we were doing that because we were so uncomfortable with other people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Oh Jesus, you know what? Jenny, get get them on the line. Let's handle it. Like, it's just like, we couldn't sit. We just, it's like, this is excruciating. And you're yeah. right. Like I, I say a lot now, like, I'm like, I try and front load the discomfort. Like if I think that something's off with the client, I like try and have the conversation on the front end. Then we can either move forward. Like, and even when you were saying, asking permission from your client, to me, it's like, you're just so desiring there to be like a clean energetic exchange. It just feels different and good. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, our clients are with us for three hours. So sometimes, you know, it depends on the appointment and the length of the appointment and stuff, which is also like, just a side note, outside looking in my friend, that's a therapist, like when we started planning these like workshops and retreats together and stuff, she was like, you know, because I that came up, like, we're with our clients for three hours. And she's like, why? why would you do that? Don't you have to change that? You can only be with them for an hour. I'm like, that's how long it takes us to do our jobs, you know, but she was like confounded and baffled by that. And she's like, that's so much. And also side note, we're physically touching people, which therapists don't as well. So oftentimes we get more than a therapist does behind the chair because we're touching, we're, when you physically touch someone, it's been scientifically proven that they are more apt to 
be open with you to share more. So we're physically touching people. We're with people for three hours and we're multitasking every for each appointment. So it's like, I'm not comparing what we do to therapists, but in, in some ways, like I think some clients tell us more behind the chair than they might their therapist because of those, those things. And so back to originally, like what we were talking about is um, having to like wanting to have that, like clean, like that fixing, like, because you don't, you're here, you, you know, we're here to make our clients look and feel good. So we don't want them to feel sad, but like, man, like you just lost your job or your dog just died or like whatever the situation is, they're not always going to come to us with happy things. And so it's okay to not have to like fix or make them feel happy in that moment, but it's hard because then we sit with them for another two and a half hours. <laughs> Yeah. And you're right though, that like, when you just say that's hard, that person feels seen. And I think we, we, maybe a lot of us, I know myself, I grew up thinking that like, like I didn't ever feel seen. So I didn't know that, that it had value necessarily until like I started to work on myself and realize like that the space I have felt other people hold for me is so powerful. And I just, I guess I didn't know the potency of it or that it was enough. Mm-hmm you know, but when you were talking about, um, the part about like, we're with them for three hours, it's so much, the intensity can go higher. We're touching people. So it can get weird really fast. It makes me think about something that I saw that you had posted. And I asked you about it because one of my clients is a personal trainer. And I was like, Hey, I think that the work you do is not, it's like, you're, you're kind of not needing to do as much of it for it to be a full-time job. And you had kind of come up with, I don't know if it was one of your therapist friends that had this like you know, thought process behind how many hours behind the chair equates to an hour of like a traditional job. But can you share a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. So this was actually from um, a therapist that I follow on Instagram. Um, So her, her, her theory, it's a theory, it's a hunch. Yeah. um, That is one hour of emotional labor is equivalent to two to three hours of administrative labor. So, you know, for being a therapist or, you know, something like that, doing emotional labor is one hour is equivalent to like working, you know, on a computer or doing administrative work or like, you know, um, like building a website or something like that, that would be administrative work. And so, Um, but I mentioned it to my friend that's like, cause I like that, when I saw that on Instagram, I was like, okay, that like made a ping go off. Like on the inside of me, I was like, that like resonates to me to a really deep level. Um, and so I mentioned this to my friend that is a therapist and she was like, I've never felt so seen in that. And it, it, it is, it feels like, and then on top of like of the emotional labor we're doing, like we're making people's hair beautiful at the same time, all while standing. Yes. So there's like, there's a lot to that. I mean, did, so you said that resonated with you, Lindsay? Oh yeah. I just crunched the numbers while you were talking back in my heyday, when I worked 40 hours behind the chair, I've got myself clocked in per week at 120 hours now. Yeah. Explains a hell of a lot. <laughs> right. Yes. And I think it it is insane. And I think, well, going back to like what you were asking me about what the steps I've taken to be more balanced behind the chair. One of the things that I have done is 
I, 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 I love your Instagram posts about how you used to work your schedules. I love that Instagram post so much. Um, and I think that that's what I did was I, I made my appointments longer, so I wasn't rushed. But one of the biggest things that I did was scheduling an extra 15 minutes between clients. And I adjust my prices accordingly, because I think that that's time that I need to give back to myself so that then I can show up better for the next client that comes in. And so taking breaks between clients has been a huge game changer for me. And when I'm taking breaks, I'm not shoveling food in or scrolling on my phone. I'm taking deep breaths. I'm coming back to my body. I'm releasing what just happened um, and really coming back to myself. Because even though I'm like a strong, secure person that's done a lot of work on myself, it's still, if I have back-to-back-to-back appointments, I am different at the end of the day because I still like can kind of not lose myself anymore. But it is it coming back to yourself between clients is really, I think, important for you to be able to stay balanced throughout your day. Yeah, I love that. And what you were saying resonates with the part of me that was like, what if I do less of this, but I'm able to do it longer? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, like thinking about playing the long game and letting a few more people down in the short term to be yeah. able to show up more in the long term. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, sorry, I think I got a little off topic, but I think no. was to go back to the point of like your emotional one hour of emotional labor and like how you like state figuring out, okay, well, I was actually working 120 hours when you were working 40 hours behind the chair. Like um, having that space between clients is really important because otherwise you're just emotional labor, emotional labor all day long, you know? And so I think to be able to, like, if you're like working on a website for four hours, that's one thing. But if you're with clients back to back for four hours, like you're going to be emotionally depleted by the end of that. Totally. And like, you know, so you, you extended your appointments, you did work on yourself. How many would you say, like, were there, was there a number of clients that you felt were actually, once you got to know yourself, were no longer a a fit for you or was that something did that naturally take place or did you feel like you had to like nudge it along with certain people Mm, I think it kind of both I think a little bit of both yeah um but like the wording in my email changed The, the my prices increased a lot and I went um gratuity I like to say gratuity included so like yes and and to be more inclusive um for all genders and, and things like that. I went to hourly pricing. And so there, there's just like a lot of language changing as well as like people have said to me, they're like, you're such a different person than you were. Cause I think I was just hurried and rushed and just like frantic kind of all the time. And now my energy is very much more like grounded and calm. And it's like, it's a whole experience for people when they come. So I think both happened. I think I kind of had to there was one in particular that I was like, maybe I should find you somewhere else that might be a little bit better for your budget and also would be more time friendly for you. Cause like my appointments are, you know, I, my new clients are an hour and a half for a haircut. And so, um, I was like maybe this would be a better fit for you. 
And she was like, yeah, I think that might be a good idea. So I think people are, and I say this a lot behind the chair too, with like, I just told this today to a client, like, I don't care if you cut your own bangs. I don't care if you go somewhere else. So like that language has kind of helped as well too, to kind of be like, it's, it's all good. Things are, you know, we're all a collective of amazing hairdressers. And so if you go somewhere else, it's okay, you know, to, to give those people that permission. Yeah. Well, I think it's really like you, you said it really beautifully. It's like, you had to do the work on yourself and this kind of journey I've been on as well. And then it's like, then you feel empowered to change the language and to show up more authentically and to raise your prices. I feel like the, the work you're doing is kind of the ingredient that oftentimes gets missed or overlooked. And it's really the one that allows you to like live into the life and to own your decisions and the direction you want things to go in. Cause it takes courage, you know, mm-hmm. it does. It absolutely takes courage and it's not overnight too. Like, I do want to say that, that like, it took me a lot of years to get here. You know, the last, especially couple of years have been like really beautiful and remarkable for me behind the chair, but I've been on this journey for eight years. So it's like, you know, it's, it, it's little steps. It's little changes. It's not like today I'm going to, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be different. And it's like, it, it just takes a while, you know, because like for me, especially, and I'm sure this is true for a lot of us, like you're unlearning things and unlearning our like our hustle culture of our salon world too like I mean I I've been in it since 2001 and and I got all my training in New York City and it was pretty cutthroat and you know if you didn't want to work the hours somebody else would and get paid less for this apprenticeship and so it's like unlearning all of that stuff too that it can be just really nourishing for you too behind the chair instead of it depleting you all the time Totally. Well, I just love what you're doing and I want people to follow along and learn from you because I know that I've really been enjoying it. So where can people find you? See when your course is opening next or is your is your course out currently? It is my course my course is out. Yes. So Okay. So just a little background on that. So I started doing these retreats and stuff with therapists alongside therapists. And, um, I had one in January of 2020 and it was my biggest one. It was so beautiful. And, um, then of course COVID happened. So I've kind of been trying different things and I just came out with, um, an online course. That's all about this stuff. It's the balanced hair service online course. And it is about our mental wellness behind the chair. And it is focused in um, therapeutic tools and it's all science backed. And um, it talks about like our stress, managing our stress levels and boundaries and self-care. And it talks about energy and how to have energetic boundaries with clients and with ourselves. And also talks a lot about um, holding space and not like what we were talking about, getting enmeshed or absorbing and things like that. So um, that's that course. And that is um, on my, um, you can find me on Instagram at the balanced hairstylist. Um, and then you can also find me on my website, which is um, hairbysarabeck.com. So I have my other Instagram is hairbysarabeck. And then my website is hairbysarabeck and it has all the information for that course on there as well. And then 
So now that that's out, I worked on that for like a year and a half. There's like a lot of my heart and soul and goodness and yeah. program. So um, I, now that that's out, I'm going to start doing a little bit more um, in-person things, like things on Zoom, treats and things like that. So very cool. Like when you were saying the, like just the language, even you're using in the course, like if I could go back like nine years ago and seen all that, it would have all been brand new to me. And I started doing hair in 2005. So not that long after you. So I think it's just really beautiful what you're doing. And I just appreciate your time today and sharing your story. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lindsay, for having me on. And thank you for all the important work and things that you are putting out in our industry. It's so important. I appreciate you too. Thank you.